the heart of God, uh, I'm going to make a, 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 you know, sometimes I'll make crazy statements. I'm really not concerned about God's heart. I'm concerned about our hearts. Mm. We don't care about God's heart. God's heart, if we understood what his heart was, we'd be crying. We'd be laying in the aisles and in the street because we are so far away from the love of God for all people. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that takes a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We will look at how our unique and diverse lives intersect with thousands of people on a regular basis and how the gospel intersects with each facet and issue that we face. Join us as we look at how we can set our eyes on the life of Christ as a source of compassion for each of our relationships. Our hosts include Pastor Jeff Bogue, Senior Pastor at Grace Church of Greater Akron, Bishop Joey Johnson, Senior Pastor at the House of the Lord, and Pastor Coach Kemp Boyd, Pastor and Executive Director for Love Akron. Keep listening as we cross paths on today's episode of The Intersection. So welcome everybody to another episode of The Intersection. Here at The Intersection, we want to make sure that we are connecting you not only to the very unique ways that we believe Jesus is connecting you to him, but also to one another. And as always, I have, man, I want I, I, I was going to say sidekicks, but they ain't my sidekicks, right? I'm probably their sidekick, but <laughs> I just want to want to introduce, man, just our faithful servants, sages in the room and on the screen, Bishop Joey Johnson of the House of the Lord and Pastor Jeff Bogue of Grace Church. How is everybody doing? Good, good. I'm recovering, awesome. good, but good. All right. I see. I see you guys. I see you back from Florida, Bishop. Yep. This is my home. Uh, real stuff behind me. Well, <laughs> you brought back some of that good weather with you, man. This has been beautiful this week. Yes, sir. Thank I'm, I'm going to try to hold it as long as I can. Awesome. I'm also back from Florida. I came back last July. He didn't bring it back. Since. <laughs> yeah, you didn't bring them back. It was some snow and I didn't everything. bring nothing back. back. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was bad. Um, oh, we, we started having a really interesting discussion last time on our podcast where we really started breaking down and talking about evangelical, right? And this approach to evangelicalism, if you will. And there was something that you said um, that both of you said, but Bishop in particular, when you always say, hey, man, take notes. We want to talk about this next time. And I took the notes down for once, Bishop. I ain't going to tell you I take them down all the time. But this one time, I listened, okay? <laughs> but we're but you said something about the four aspects. You said you want to talk about and kind of break down and delve into the four aspects of evangelical and what that looks like and what that means. Kind of, kind of helped to launch us into that. Well, the reason we were talking about that is because um, my dear brother Jeff was trying to figure out whether he was one or not. So uh, we had to deal with, you know, evangelical. Anybody could be an evangelical if you just deal with the four particular characteristics. And then when you get beyond those, you start to have a lot of people who have different views about a lot of different things. And so one of the questions, uh, the issues was how can Republican evangelicals be so tied to Trump? where he's coming from. And then I think the other question we need to also deal with a little bit is why do African-Americans, um, why are they so strongly democratic? And how did that even come about? And that divide that is there um, and what that does to us as a church. So it's created a divide that really ought not to be there. So we need to go back and just look at evangelicalism and whatever, because it, it gives us a bad name. When people are looking at us and saying, okay, is that what you believe in? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you back Trump or if you're an evangelical, um, I mean, if you're uh, black, you know, you're a Democrat, you know, some of the things, some of the platforms in the Democratic um, Party are uh, abortion and, um, and gay rights. And, uh, <laughs> and it's difficult. How do you, how do you deal with with some of those kinds of things. I don't think people really understand it. Jeff, jump yeah, in there. Yeah, and I think okay. that was something that you said, Pastor Jeff, last time, you know, when you were just talking about, man, 
I, I don't necessarily want to be identified with this because it's kind of been hijacked, right? As a result of, you know, elections, presidencies. But you also said, but hey, man, the values are values. Some of those values are values I believe in. Right. You know, that's why, if anything, I'll bend a little bit. So I, I wanted you to, because I, I thought that was really interesting. And that's not the first time that you had said that on, on the podcast, just from a standpoint of, man, I don't want to be seen or perceived as that because of this hijacking. And so um, I just want you to dive a little bit deeper into that as well. But also, even as we vote and what that vote looks like, um, it's not so much maybe for a party, but it's more about, man, I kind of have these similar beliefs. Yeah, I that that's exactly kind of where I'm at. So when, when you think about evangelicalism and you think about it at its core, um, if I was going to nutshell it without getting like super deep into it, you're talking about a commitment to the Bible and looking and saying, I want to teach, I want to understand the Bible. So believing it's actually God's word and believing that it's the source of, of God's truth. And so that's part of evangelicalism. Uh, it's it's the separation from creedalism. So instead of saying um, this is what the Roman Catholic Church says, or this is what the creed of the you know the whatever church says, and we're going to find that all things come from Scripture is where we're going to want it to be. Uh, most evangelicals don't believe in a hierarchy, so we wouldn't be in on like the Pope, you know, kind of a thing. We would believe that Scripture is the foundation of that. And then most evangel evangelicals would look and say we're evangelistic, and so we would we are a proselytizing faith. I I don't want you to be uh, Hindu. I want you to be a Christ follower, right? So we're as opposed to like universalism, which is like we all kind of go to heaven. Evangelicals would be like, no, it's through Christ alone, by grace, through faith, the repentance of sin, and the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's the or uh, of what evangelicalism is. What has happened over the years, and I would say, and, and Bishop, you might you might take it back further. I don't know, but in in my because you're older than I am, and I'm I'm not trying to tease you. It's just facts. <laughs> um, but in my memory, it would be back to the 70s and the 80s where the evangelical church tried to turn itself into a voting block. And now we're trying to take um, moralistic thinking or moralistic conclusions and bring that into a political system and drive and define a political system. And when we did yeah. that, yeah. Um, what, what happened was we were identified as a voting block and started to be pandered to. And we started to think that the answer for the, the ills of our culture was political and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I think what happened then in many evangelical churches is the way for me to affect change and to deal with social ills, instead of me being involved or me trying to love my neighbor as myself, it was for me to vote a certain way. Right. And as soon as you go political like that, um, all the hypocrisy of the political system comes into play. And so evangelicals were lied to and candidates said they were going to do that. They never did it. Uh, evangelicals were um, they attached their credibility to people instead of Christ uh, because that person has to do that thing. Uh, the limitations of the political system, it, it doesn't matter what social program you implement. If you don't, at the core of it, have people loving and serving each other, the program itself is not going to change anything. So all that is exposed, but the Church of Jesus Christ in North America put its credibility on the line, so to say, in that political system, and that has maximize and crescendoed with Trump, where where you would look at Trump and you would say, I don't, he's not a moral man. He's not an ethical man. He's not a Christ-centered man, but like we supported him with our church. And, and 
all that hypocrisy came all the way through. Now it's it's a totally different question then. Do you want lower taxes and do you think we should have free trade with China? Those are political questions. This is Jesus wants Donald Trump to be our president. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And so and so all of that then, right? Um, all of that shows up. And now if you're a if uh, where I have pushed back from time to time is you're a white suburban mega church, evangelical mega church. I'm like, not like you're talking about the, the, the first three things about that are true, but I'm not throwing my weight and my credibility and the authority of the gospel to a political leader on either side of the aisle. So that's what we're talking about. And then I don't know what what uh, you might say, Bishop, about the African-American church, but you would take the same thing and just make it the Democratic side and you wind up with all the same problems that the that the uh, the white suburban church, so to say, has, has wound up yep. by pushing into those political issues. Yep, this is a great um, podcast because we, we need to educate people. And let me add one more on your evangelical side. You did a great job, but. Uh, the 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 Christ-centered, or I should say, cross-centered nature of Christianity that we find um, evangelicals would be very centered around the cross and the cross of Jesus Christ. Um, that would be another one, and then the another one would be uh, in terms of our uh, evangelicalism. It also comes out in a certain kind of activism. Um, that activism. Um, often manifests itself in witnessing and in those kind of things, but it also can manifest itself in political activism. So those are some other ones. And then the, the watershed moment you mentioned, um, uh, Pastor Jeff, is um, the moral majority. That's when things really got out of whack. Um, when the moral majority came into being and uh, began to uh, to center on politics and talk about voting and 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 to really set up a political um, machine to set up a political movement uh, from a Christian perspective. Um, that's when those kind of things begin to happen. And so what has happened with Trump now that I don't think people really understand um, is that many um, white Republicans have thrown their not they don't throw their weight behind him because they think he's moral or anything, but because he's promised to protect them mm -hmm. and, to, and to give them the values that they seek. So they are willing to vote for him um, because, and even support him beyond that, his, his immorality, his, uh, his crassness, his, um, uh, his discrimination. I mean, there's just a whole, I mean, his illegality, there's just a whole lot of stuff. But they're saying, we're not worried about that. He's promised to protect us. So therefore, we're throwing our support with him. I, I don't think that we know anything, even, even, even Black folks have forgotten this, but the Republican Party in the past, the party of Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, is the party that supported the rights of Black people for years. Yeah. Okay, so what happened? FDR came into office, started the New Deal. And a lot of people don't know this, but to get the New Deal, you almost had to, uh, you had to affirm that you were Democratic and promise to vote Democratic. And so the, the Democrats really never changed. They didn't become um, supportive of Black rights or or, or Black people, they just, that, that switched, it changed the voting emphasis. And now almost everybody, for some reason, they vote, almost all Black people vote Democratic, even though they may not agree with the platform, with the, with the planks in the platform. Um, you're, you're not going to find, there'll be many um, Black folks who, they're not for abortion, but they'll vote Democratic. They may not uh, be exactly where uh, gay rights are, but they will vote Democratic and they don't look back to look at the history. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is I try to teach my people and it's very difficult. 
You don't have to vote um, party. You can vote issue by issue. And I, I, I'm, a dem, I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I vote issues. Um, so, but it's very difficult sometimes to separate because they run along party lines. Politics run along party lines. And now the parties have become so separated, so divisive, so so widespread that our, our whole nation is in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah, I, I think I I just agree strongly with that. Like I, I would definitely put myself in the independent category uh, of things because I have what has happened is we have moralized political issues and politicized moral issues. And and now suddenly when you're voting issues, like um, do you want higher taxes or lower taxes? And as a pastor, I'm like, I don't I do what you want to do. You know, I don't care. Uh, you you want to have the, the you want to vote for the park uh, thing to have more parks or less parks. I'm like, I vote yes on parks because I love our parks. I use them all the time, <laughs> you know, so I don't but do what you want to do. Well, what about uh, abortion? I'm like, well, wait a minute that we're not having a political conversation now. We're having a spiritual and a moral conversation. What what about transgenderism and, and, and gay rights? I'm like, well, you shifted the thing. So what happens is our political parties have become, for many people, their saviors and their gospels. So when you don't line up politically, people can't look and say, oh, you're for taxes, you're not for taxes. They look and say, you've betrayed me and you've pushed against my belief system, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we had this recently, Kemp, uh, you know, the, the, the whole uh, painful thing we're wrestling through in Akron with Jalen Walker. You know, I went and uh, I spoke at a rally. Bishop, you were there and, and uh, Kemp, you were there. And, and we went as the church, right? That was the point of that rally. Like the church of Jesus Christ is, come, is coming in. Um, you may or may not be shocked by the kickback I got on that. Not shocked at all. And I and I had to look at some folks and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This any way you who's at fault? I'm like, I don't know. A young man died. His mother is right there. Yeah. We're, we're our brothers and sisters are hurt. I wasn't, I'm not thinking about politics. I'm like, this is our this is our family. We're the church of Akron. Why are you what? And what was encouraging was most of those conversations went well. They just had to be had. And I had to look and say, whoa, you threw something into a political, this is not a political issue. I'm not, I'm not advocating for a tax increase. This is somebody's life and family and son yeah. and cousin. And, yeah. and, and that's, that, that is deeply affecting our, our churches and it's deeply affecting the evangelical movement. And that's, and I'm like, we're, we've polluted the gospel, which has corrupted our ability to love each other. And, and that's a line that we cannot cross as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Pastor Jeff, you are all over that. Um, like a plague, you're just all over it. You're, you're <laughs> touching it so good. But because the issue becomes, and I say it like this, what has happened is the church is no longer the church. Yeah. The church has become something else. And so it has become a political incubator. It has become a, a place where we have values that no longer resemble the church. And so when we are, uh, are about to make uh, important decisions. We don't turn to the church. We don't turn to the Bible. We don't turn to God. We don't turn to love. We turn to values. We turn to culture. We turn to political um, pundits. We turn. And so you have this, this divide, which is divided the church. And that is so sad that it's divided us and we can't get together 
because we don't know how to go back to the source and back to who we are. It's time for the church to be the church. Brother, Brother Kemp, you mentioned that you've been uh, down in the city of Akron praying. Well, that's the church, praying. You don't have to pray polit uh, Democratic or Republican. That's right. <laughs> you can just pray. <laughs> you don't have to pray to the Republican God or the Democratic God. You can just pray to God. Uh, and those things have, have caused such separation um, and are down such, uh, such rigid lines that you can go on TV and go to certain channels and you just watch those channels and they'll tell you everything. They'll say everything you want to hear. Yeah. And you disciple yourself when, when you, when every podcast you listen to, when, when it's three hours a day of talk radio, when it's, when it's CNN and Fox news on all that, I'm like, brothers and sisters, if you would spend a quarter of that time in the scripture thinking about whatever is true and pure and right and admirable and praiseworthy. I mean, we, we, we have discipled ourselves into it and that's where it becomes your God. Like, like, um, like Bishop and I have been friends a long time. If, if, if Joey, if you came and said, Jeff, I no longer believe in Jesus Christ. Will you support me? I'd be like, Bishop, I can't, I can't do that. Because you've cut against something that is pure and moral and true, and and you've denied my Lord. If you ever said that, we have raised it, Bishop. If you came to me and said, um, Jeff, I want the government to pay for housing in Akron. If I said I can't, like we've raised that question to the question of deity. So we'll we'll cut off fellowship because we see a political issue differently than a core theological issue. Yep. And I'm like, that other one, we should be able to talk about that. You should be able to explain it to me. I should be able to hear you. You should be able to hear me. And then we should be able to walk away and say, yeah, we just we we would tackle that problem differently. But we're breaking fellowship right. with brothers and sisters over things that are debatable. Yep. Um, and yep. and it's it's got to grieve the heart of God yes. to, to see his people do something so shall because in 10 years, Jesus is still going to be Lord. And that political issue is going to be like, everybody forgot about it. Yep. Uh, you, I mean, like I said, you're all over this. Uh, when you lift issues, principles and whatever that are not truth, yep. not scriptural, to the level, level of scripture, where we're dealing with stuff that is becoming uh, more important than scriptural truth. And we are uh, evaluating your Christianity upon it. If you don't, if you're for abortion, you can't be saved. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's that's an issue. It's not a, it's not a biblical truth. It's not it's, it's not a scripture, uh, but that's what we've done. And when you do that, um, like you said, um, Pastor Jeff, the heart of God. Uh, I'm going to make a, 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 a you know sometimes I make crazy statements. I'm really not concerned about God's heart. I'm concerned about our hearts. Mm. We don't care about God's heart. God's heart. If we understood what His heart was, we'd be crying. We'd be laying in the aisles and in the street because we are so far away from the love of God for all people. But when you when you raise things to that level, then they become important. And, I, and I've had to tell a few folks that, you know, when they were going to judge me and my Christianity on the basis of whether I believe this X, Y, or Z. Well, you know what? Then let, we're not going to fellowship. You're not going to make me a non-Christian um, because I eat vanilla ice cream. Yeah, and I and I feel like this this whole idea of evangelicalism the it, it's twofold. One is that evangelicals are the ones who positioned ourselves to be a political party instead of a, a, a spiritual party. It's it's the church 
it's not that we're not listened to or that we're not considered a moral authority. We surrendered our moral authority when we said, let's make that politician a bigger deal than our Lord and Savior. Yep. I also think that there's another side of it where it's unfair. So whenever you whenever you can lump people together in a group, you can dehumanize them. And when you dehumanize them, you release yourself from the need to care about them. Absolutely. Right? So that happens with evangelicals also. And, and um, where I get tension, frankly, is I get lumped into the group that I don't want to be in. And then the people that are held up as my representatives, like I'm thinking, you don't represent me, right? Kind of thing. And so there's a point, evangelical is just a title. It, it's not a, it's not biblical. It's not like you I mean a Christian or so it's like, it's just a title. And there's a point there that I'm like, I don't know if I want to deal with the title uh, because it doesn't represent my heart and my mind. And it doesn't represent the vast majority of the people in my church, uh, some of them don't know, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. Like some of them just need to be, they're warm hearted, loving, kind people. They don't know what to do, you know, and Joey, I, I go back to your, um, statement so many times of like white people don't know black people. And I'm like, right, there's your problem. It, it, it's not, it's not a political solution. It's like these brothers and sisters don't know each other. That's why they don't love each other. And that's why they don't empathize with each other. And I mean, so, so there's the issue. It's not that they're these hard hearted, uh, ignorant people. There's always goats with sheep, <laughs> right? I think that's pretty yeah. clear in scripture. Let them grow together. Let them grow together. But, but in the Lord will sort them out, but the, I just feel like it's a real thing. And, and what I've been teaching here at Grace a lot is um, about the kingdom of God. And I did this, like, especially during 20 and 21, when things were so hot and hard and mm -hmm. political. Mm -hmm. I just said, guys, what happens? Babylon is always Babylon. Like, you know, we exist within it. But we belong to a kingdom. And our father is the king. And, and the scripture says, I'm a citizen of that kingdom. My United States citizenship is very secondary to my life as a Christ follower. I'm a citizen of heaven, and my father is the king of that of that kingdom. That's where I find identity, and that's where I, I find interaction. And you think about that as a family. I should be able to, if if we have the same father, so the three of us have the same father, that means we sit here as brothers. That means that we don't let things come between us. <laughs> right? And like, I feel Absolutely. like th those, those teachings and those passions are, are missing. Yep. And I think would be wildly helpful uh, to the church of Jesus Christ if they were emphasized in a, in a, in a new way. You know, Pastor, I think that's why we're doing this part of this, doing this, um, these podcasts, because you hit something very, very, very important, and that is labels. See, labels allow people, as you said, to put you in a group and then to dehumanize you. And that's been going on with us for 400 years. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, if I, if I can label you this or that, and I had a brother that I was dealing with not uh, some time back, and I've dealt with this cross across my Christianity. Um, when we first got saved, when I first got saved, uh, I got saved in a uh, Pentecostal church. Okay. That's a label. When you say yeah. Pentecostal, <laughs> what does that mean? Charismatic. Uh, what does that mean? Then I went from there uh, into what was the Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal church, then into the Baptist church. Then out of there, when I started our church, I, I had a reaction reacting to Pentecostalism and the and the abuses of that particular movement that I was in. And I became the 1987 Moody Pastor of the Year. Mm -hmm. now, that's another whole stream uh, heading in another whole direction. And then I had some interaction and I was able to interact with Jack Hayford, who was who was at that at that time one of the most balanced Pentecostals you'll ever come into contact with. 
And he just switched my thinking all up. So I went back kind of charismatic. But those things have caused me pain across time. Because people who, once they find out, you're, you're not Pentecostal, are you? You're not, you're not charismatic, are you? Well, yeah. What, what does that mean? What, what, do you know what I, what I believe? Well, you said you're Pentecostal. Yeah, but you might not know what I believe. That's right. You might not know what the label means. You might not know what I believe, and it's probably not what you think. So I don't go by those titles anyway. I'm not. I'm not a charismatic. I'm not a Pentecostal. I created a term so that people could be confused. I'm a Bible Costal. So they say, <laughs> well, what? What is that? What? What does that? Well, that stops you from labeling me and treating me in a certain way, because this has been going on and will go on for time immemorial, because it's in the Bible. You're a publican. You're a sinner. You're a Pharisee. You're a Sadducee. You are, and then we don't we don't even understand that there are groups beyond what are mentioned in the Bible. There are Essenes. They don't come up in the Bible. Right. There are other groups. There are so many groups and factions going on, and Jesus is saying it's not the group. It's not the faction. They have come. Those who believe they have eternal life are searching the scriptures for eternal life, and yet they won't come to me, the giver of eternal life. Mm -hmm. They would rather miss eternal life to hold on to their religious leanings and moorings and groups. And that's no different today than it was in the Bible. We're still holding these things. These are the most important things. Christ is the most important. The kingdom is the most important. The Bible is the most important. We can't even get there because then we're arguing about the Bible. What Bible? Which Bible? <laughs> yeah. what, you know, what text? What, who, who wrote the text? I mean, is it the Texas Receptus or is it the, this text or is it that? What, which text is authorized and which text is not authorized? And, and it's just confusion. Why? I'm going to talk about something that we don't like to talk about. Maybe the devil's got a hand and a foothold in mm. this to keep us separated. He's the author of confusion. Absolutely. You know, and and he's also the the accuser and he's the father of lies. And and this is where like I disagree with you bishop like we when, when people look and say, I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we can't fellowship and be in a room, and and it doesn't mean your church has to be mine or mine has to be yours, but like I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and it, I just think it, I, I love what you just said there. I love the idea that you create a term that demands explanation. You know, and, and I think that's where I get um, like people at, in my world, people are like, are you a Calvinist or you're an Arminius? Or, you know, I'm like, I'm just trying to follow Jesus, man. Like <laughs> if you can, if you can figure that out, then like, yeah. let's go from there, you know, but yeah. Yeah. like, and, and are, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Like I'm, I'm trying to have heaven happen on earth. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to like, if something's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. If it's injustice, unjust, like I, I'm just trying to deal with it. And I, and I think people are like, um, I tell, I tell leaders all the time, they get, they get lost because they want a gold plated solution. They want a solution Absolutely. that fixes everything all at Absolutely. once. Absolutely. And it you works. You got that, all. don't you? You got that, don't you, Pastor Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, just just go love the next person. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for some rational, some, you know, I, I've been watching Pastor Jeff. I, um, when I was in Florida and, and having all these issues and whatever, I decided to, to binge on some TV. So I started watching The Chosen. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And, and it's, it's a wonderful show but one of the things that that impacted me about the show was the disciples really didn't understand what Jesus was talking about no yeah. they just couldn't get it they were trying 
but they, they just could they were so uh, immersed into their own world that they just couldn't get this, this switch. And that's where we are today. When you start talking about real biblical issues and, and biblical stuff, people that they, they're lost. I, I don't, what are you, what are you talking about? Love? What, what's that? Okay. I don't think it's that hard. It's just maybe it's hard to do and carry out. And maybe you can't carry it out without the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Maybe you can't do it in your own power. Now we got trouble because now we got to go and talk about the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Whole, whole, and we don't want to talk about that. We want to do this. It's like you said, Pastor Jeff, morally. Yeah. I can just do this because I'm saved. I'm moral. Saved does not give you power to carry out these things without the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. To submit to the Spirit of God. And we've lost all of that almost. It's just, I, I preach sometime and then I'll stop at the end and say, now you know you can't do anything I said. Because they're all sitting there saying, yeah, 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 amen, amen. That's what I'm going to do. You can't do it. You don't have the power. Yeah, amen. The power That's is right. in the spirit. The power is in God. The power is not in mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of people who are moral, and there are some people who are unsafe who are more moral than safe people. Come on now. <laughs> and, and I tell you, I think we become arrogant and self-righteous if absolutely the disciples can't figure out Jesus and they're with him all day and we think we've mastered him. Yep. Absolutely. And, and um, I think that's where like I get, uh, I probably do get defensive about my, my church. I think a shepherd probably should <laughs> because what I see a lot is I see a lot of people who want to love Christ and want to love people and it's confusing. Yep. It's confusing for me to do that with my wife, with my children, with my friends, let alone with a community in a city and a and I'm like the the attacks that come on that. I'm like no, I'm I I'm not going to just idly sit by and like let that happen. Now I will actively be a part of trying to train and help and and and, and shift things. But the, but when we, when the Church of Jesus Christ elevates political solutions to the level of gospel solutions, in fact, discounts gospel solutions and would rather have the political one, we're dead. I mean, that's a mess. That is an absolute mess. And that's, in many ways, what put Jesus on a cross. Mm -hmm. is the people who should have known him were against him Absolutely. and they turned to the government instead Absolutely. of turning. And I'm like, we have to awake, awaken to this um, or wow. we're never going to get out of these, wow. the, these that's, messes. That's and I mean that within the church. I don't know if you know what you just said, but wow. sometimes people try to figure out why was Jesus crucified? Mm. He was crucified basically because of politics. Mm -hmm. Now, it was also crucified because of religion. But but in that day, religion and politics were not separate. Yeah. Right. Now, well, they're same. separate institutions, but they weren't then. Mm. Well, and, he, and Christ laid his life down. You know, none of this is going to happen unless he let, lets it happen. But mm. it, if the, the people who should have known, Je this is Jesus. The people who should have known he was the Messiah mm -hmm. were blinded to who he really was because he didn't show up the way they wanted him to show up. And then they That's turned right. to the government for a solution. That's right. And none of that happens unless Jesus is willing to lay his life down. Right. I'm, yep. don't, I'm not overstepping this, but I'm like, do you see that? Like, do you, you see what just happened? The ones entrusted with the truth called for the truth to be crucified. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of our issues here, let, let me go on the other side for a moment, a moment. We don't do this enough. So I'll do it 
and and get some kickback. Get some. Uh, so you would normally get the. Uh, you you gonna go on this other side? Then we're gonna wrap up because we're gonna okay. save some of this. Okay, I'm gonna say this, and then might, that might be where you want to go next time. Uh, <laughs> Does it matter because, where Kemp wants to go? It's usually no, 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 no. The the African American people, because of the Democratic Party, have succumbed to a handout. Hmm rather than a hand up. So we are constantly looking for the government to give us something. And we have demeaned the power of our own neighborhoods and our own resilience. And once again, all because of politics rather than I'll give it, let's, let's talk about the other relationship. So, so Kemp, you're right. No, here's what I think we ought to talk about next time. And Pastor Jeff been all over it. Let's talk a little about love. What is love? How do you demonstrate love? Why do we have such a lack of it? There's something going on that we can't love one another. There's things blocking us, and it keeps us kind of still dealing with politics. Uh, there's something blocking our ability to love one another. Because if we could do that, it would solve many, many problems. So, already, already, see, listen, this this was my idea, Pastor Jeff. Because, see, I already wrote that down. I said, next topic. You did not. You did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> listen, listen. I wrote down next topic, real biblical issues, love. That's a real biblical issue. But I'm going to yeah. tell you what, man, y'all are on fire today. Like, man, there were different times. I'm like, man, I'm right. I'm like, oh, man, that's that's a message that I'm going to start to discuss. <laughs> because that's so. Today. He was hot. Oh, man, listen, listen. He ain't got that hat on today. He was ready. That's what happened today. <laughs> I think you're I think you're both just jealous that I can cover my head with my own hair. This is, this is true. This is true. I, <laughs> this is true. I got all this light on my head. Um, but as always, thank you so much for both of you for your time, um, for your wisdom, for your relationship, and just how God is using you and and just man, expand his kingdom here on earth because that's what we need. That's the only thing that is going to man help and heal our city, our counties, our people, and we don't, we're not going to the one who can do it. He says that he's our ever-present help right. in a time of need. Right. And right now, Lord, we need you now more than ever. There's not a second in the day that we don't need you. Um, and so that's what we want everybody to understand. As, as, we, as you come into this intersection with us, we want you to know that we're here to meet you at that intersection. Not only are we wanting to do that, but that's exactly where Jesus wants to meet you. It's at that intersection, that crossroads of your life. Don't try to clean it up. Don't try to get it right. Don't feel like you got to get it together because, man, he wants you just the way you are. So, right. again, brothers, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, man, just um, what, what you're giving all of us. And um, we'll keep on meeting you here at the intersection. And know that you can follow us. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, Sketcher, Spotify, YouTube, all those, all of those podcast platforms. And if you have any questions for us regarding the intersection or even topics that you would like to see us lean into, you can just email us at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And thank you for joining us today for this episode of The Intersection. God bless. Have a great, great week. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of The Intersection, where we look at how everything intersects and brings us all back to Jesus. You can subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. You can reach out to us with questions or comments at intersection at loveakron.com. That's intersection at loveakron.com. And we'll see you next time at The Intersection. <laughs>